Congressman Rodney Davis joins us now from Taylorville. Good morning, Congressman. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing great, Chris and Greg. Uh, how are you doing? Yeah, we're rocking and rolling on this Friday, and I'm off all next week. So, uh, Congressman, yeah. you and uh, Chris will have to... <laughs> tag team or something. Uh, yeah, right, exactly. Uh, Congrats to Chris. About damn time you get to run this show without <laughs> that dead weight of Bishop. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's go with that. Congressman, uh, it, you, are you back home? Are you still in D.C.? Uh, the news I'm hearing out of Congress, it's not pretty. No, it's not. It's, it's very frustrating, especially to somebody like me who likes to go out and legislate. Uh, we get things done when we're working together, but Speaker Pelosi hasn't had us in D.C. except for, you know, one uh, one day, one Saturday to vote on a bill that has no, no chance of becoming law. Um, we haven't been there since July. We'll go back Monday, and uh, I'm cautiously optimistic we'll get an end-of-the-year spending deal so we don't go into government shutdown. But it's, uh, it's interesting to, to be a, a member of Congress at this point in time in our nation's history where Nancy Pelosi doesn't want us to go work. Congressman, uh, the Senate had a bill uh, that uh, failed to get the 60 votes necessary. Um, What should, if there's anything uh, that's COVID-19 related, what should pass in your estimation? Well, first of all, let's call the Senate Democrats what they are. They're obstructionists. So they're talking about a House bill that was a $3.4 trillion wish list with a fancy name called the HEROES Act that the Democrats passed on a partisan roll call. I mean, it had things that were non-pandemic related, like a 70 pages of election law changes that would have nationalized our elections and gone on past the pandemic. They say, let's have the Senate take that up. We all know in Washington, if you want to get things done, go to a conference committee. The best thing the Democrats in the Senate could have done is go open, allow the debate on the, the Republican stimulus bill to go forward, let it pass, and then get to a conference committee and work out the differences. That's where you get things done. But they're obstructing that process. They don't want to get anything done, guys. Our two senators are part and parcel of that. They are the ones that block Senator Tim Scott's police reform bill. They wouldn't even allow that to be debated. These are the problems that we see in D.C. right now. And if we can't even get a bill debated on the Senate floor because of partisan politics, there's no chance we're going to see an agreement. Congressman, talking about that stimulus, you know, we had, we had the president uh, that wanting to add a four hundred dollars a week or whatever with that, and and you know trying to get that done. And as you mentioned, you know, there, there's been blockage by the Democrats, you know, in, in trying to get that done. What kind of uh, a chance do we have of seeing some kind of stimulus plan, if any, between now and election day? Well, I'm not optimistic you're going to see a large stimulus bill. I think if we're if we can come together in the next two weeks while we're out in D.C. And what we can do, what we'll likely see is filling the holes that exist within the the current CARES Act packages that we passed in a bipartisan way back in March and April. That I think, coupled with a a long term, coupled with a year long extension of our highway reauthorization to make sure that your gas tax dollars get sent to our states to be put onto fixing our roads and our bridges that are crumbling. Uh, And I think we avoid a government shutdown, and then everybody goes back and and goes through the next few months, and we then go back to D.C. after the election and hopefully put some long-term solutions in place. But, you know, the president has has had to resort to using executive orders when Congress couldn't act. And yesterday is a prime example of where politics will come 
into the forefront rather than actually getting policies across the floor. Congressman Rodney Davis joining us with WMAY on 92.7, 94.7, and 9.70 a.m. And as Chris noted, uh, we've reached out to your opponent, Betsy Dirksen-Londrigan, multiple times uh, to have her on the air as we get closer to the election, trying to give everybody the uh, the, the best picture of what uh, their options are heading into the election. Uh, we have yet to hear back. Hope to set that up sometime. But I do want to get your response to an email her campaign sent out. Uh, in response to you know a recent controversy uh, with the president, uh, the headline of the email: Congressman Davis refuses to speak out against Trump concealing COVID nineteen threat. That's from the Londrigan campaign, and they outline um, the Woodward uh, tapes that have surfaced and uh, uh, some of the um, uh, the response to that. Uh, what, what's your response to this? And are you refusing to speak out against uh, against the Trump administration on this? Well, first of all, uh, I, I don't think Betsy Lonergan wants to come on your show because she really doesn't want to have to answer about her relationship uh, with Mike Madigan. Uh, they're raising money with each other. Uh, he's invested money into her campaign, and she's his favorite candidate running for Congress right now in Illinois. So we, I, she doesn't want to answer those questions about that relationship and why she hasn't yet to call for him to resign. Uh, I think other Democrats already have. But when it comes to the president, you know, if if there is any person to blame for not responding to this pandemic as well as we should, now that we know more about a disease that no one on earth knew existed a year ago, um, it would be bipartisan blame. And everyone in D.C. should be blamed. What I find frustrating is that we have uh, a Bob Woodward who obviously makes a lot of money writing books. If the debate in the 24-hour news cycle echo chamber is that somehow President Trump uh, cost American lives by trying to make sure that he didn't create a panic in this country, my question then is, at, at what point is it Mr. Woodward's responsibility to let the American people know months ago, you know, rather than waiting for a time that he can make more money for his book closer to the election? But in the end, guys, this isn't what people are talking about in my district. People are talking about what's going on with the Mike Madigan Special Investigative Committee. People are talking about how they don't want their taxes raised because Democrats in Springfield are trying to push a tax amendment that will eventually raise taxes on every Illinoisan, just like they already have. Congressman, I want to talk a little bit too about the census because we're we're hearing that Illinois is is uh, you know after after kind of being right out in the, about the top five I think in the early going for responses has slowed down a little bit and uh, there are rumblings that uh, Illinois could lose two congressional seats in this next census coming up. Do you have any kind of concern? You know, obviously I know you have a tough election coming up in 2020, but then in 2022, you know, if you if you might be put up against a uh, Darren LaHood or something along those lines because we were down two seats. Is there any concern in that regard? No, you can't. You can't try and predict the future. I mean, that's like asking me in 2010 what I what congressional seat I plan to run for in 2012. When I didn't even know at the beginning of 2012 I'd be running for Congress. So you you have to, to number one, get the census data in. That census data is safe. It's secure. Go online. It'll take you less than 10 minutes max. It took me 10 minutes because I'm, a, I'm a, a, a data geek when it comes to stuff like that, and I played around while entering my family's data in there. 
So it will take you probably max five minutes to go in. They're not going to ask you a lot of personal questions. The data that you provide is extremely safe, and there are penalties for anyone who releases it within the federal government, including jail time. But this data is used to bring tax dollars back to our communities. Your tax dollars going to D.C. and coming back to be redistributed. I don't want to lose out to other states. You know, this is a way that we can stop Democrats in Springfield from constantly trying to raise your taxes when your already existing tax dollars come back on a per capita basis. That's why we don't have we don't need candidates like Betsy Londrigan supporting Mike Madigan and J.B. Pritzker's tax increase like she came out in support of last week. So the census is that important for our smaller communities to get their local gas tax dollars, their sales tax, uh, local gas tax dollars, uh, motor fuel dollars. Those are the things that we need your data for. It is safe and it's secure. Go fill out your census form online, easier than it's ever been. All right, terrific. Uh, Congressman, listen, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Be safe out there. Thanks, guys. Yeah, talk to you later.